This week's podcast brought to you by Bifurcated Tips. Last week, I was calling a game in Brooklyn at Barclays Center, and our son and daughter um, were with some friends at a hotel for a basketball tournament. I was just gone for the day to call the game, then I was going to be going back. And uh, it's kind of a hotel that in the lobby has like a little market and you can get a drink or a snack or something and charge it to the room. And our daughter texted me while I was in Brooklyn and said, is it okay if I charge something to the room? And before I had a chance to respond, her next text said, because I already did. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, we're back after a two week hiatus. Two weeks of unpaid leave. It's all unpaid leave. I mean, True. It's unpaid leave is unpaid, unpaid stay. Exactly. So um, we were on vacation a couple of weeks ago. Visiting the Russian clan out in uh, Minnesota. We were. We, we went in two waves. Five of us went one day, and then three days later, a sixth, you, joined us. Yeah, I don't know. Does that constitute waves? You're, you, you with the f- four kids was a wave. Yeah, but you, me by myself, maybe not. You had some. Uh, how was how? How were your three days home alone when the five of us went out a few days early? I never did ask you about that. It was delightful. I, I stayed. I, I would have assumed it was delightful. I stayed home um, because I had to work on Friday. You guys left on a Wednesday, is yep. that right? So Wednesday had, at four thirty in the morning. Yes. And um, I, I got up with you in solidarity and dropped you guys at the airport. And uh, and then I had the rest of Wednesday. You got up with, got up with us in solidarity. That's like uh, sort of the uh, uh, when when you're pregnant and I I put on weight. Right, right, something like that. But I did drive you to the airport. So then I kind of had in my mind that I wasn't going to leave the house for the rest of the day that Wednesday, and um, I didn't. I just stayed home and did a bunch of stuff work did some work but like cleaned and just did stuff um did, did not, you take time to do no, nothing that's the kind of nothing you can't do when in the, the house evening, is full that was my reward so um we're used to being alone in the house during the day when the kids are at school although usually both of us are home but in the evening that's that's when it was most stri- striking to me so i was sitting there watching tv with control of the remote. Usually, even if I'm watching something and you come in the room, you'll grab the remote and turn on sports or news. But the remote is like driving. You don't really want the control of it. You want to ride shotgun. No, I didn't mind having control. But there was nothing on, no surprise, nothing at all. Um, and uh, I don't think there was a WNBA game that night either that I could just put on. So um, so anyway, it was... a. Uh, it was a great three days, so I never left the house on Wednesday other than bringing you guys to the airport. I believe, I think that's the night I had cereal for dinner. 
because you and not only cereal. Captain Crunch with crunch berries. Crunch berries. I had crunch berries for dinner, and it's something I would never do if you guys were around. Being home alone in the house, be honest, is like, uh, and I think you're going to Las Vegas tomorrow, but it's like Las Vegas. First day, great. Second day, that's eh, fine. Third day, you got to get out of there. Uh, no, I didn't mind it any of the days, although by the third day I was missing you guys. Um, and it's nothing like Vegas because I don't love the first day in Vegas or the second day or the third day. Like I, I, I enjoy calling Vegas Aces games because they are a great team. I enjoy the like their arena is terrific. Vegas is a really hard place to get to from Connecticut. And as somebody and who I doesn't gamble or drink, I hate casinos. I hate them. And uh, we found one hotel last year that's not connected to a casino. Like you can go in and check into the hotel without um, being in a casino, and it was. It changed everything for me for Vegas, and then this year um, it's too expensive, so we can't stay there. So we're back staying at the one of the many casino hotels. But yeah, I don't, I don't gamble, so I don't like. Um, it's just I don't, I don't like it. So, um, so yeah, so it was not like being in Vegas because I, I enjoyed every one of the days that I was. Well, it definitely wasn't like being in Vegas when I flew out with five kit, five kids, four kids. If you, I don't me. know who the fifth would have yeah, been. Yeah, I flew up with the fifth kid. We had to abandon him at, at the baggage terminal when we realized it was not uh, not ours. But um, the, the kids and I, we, we rented a car. We got in the rental car. This First is of all, after you landed in Minneapolis. After, but I, I find it always best not to get in the car until after we've landed. Well, yes. Right, you just hadn't made that clear. Okay, after you we landed in Minneapolis. You were driving from the airport no, to after Minneapolis. After we landed in Minneapolis, uh, we went to the rental car counter. I mentioned some issue with my profile, and the guy said he could he could go into the computer and try to fix it. But first, he said, "I mean, do you think you're going to rent with us again?" Which gave me some pause. And then when we got to the car, thankfully it was there. Oftentimes, you know, it's not uh, the minivan. And we got the minivan. We're all buckled in, and we're about to pull out of the garage when our 14 year old son from the back seat says, uh, "This is in my cup holder," and he hands me. Half a warm Mick Ultra. Mm. Half a warm, obviously open beer. I said, well, thank you, because uh, if I got pulled over with that thing, that wouldn't have been good. Right. So I start wandering the garage trying to find somebody that I can. Or a trash can. Well, preferably a person. An, a person. And, and say, you know, this shouldn't leave open containers in your rental cars. When I said it, when I when I told my brother that I was walking around looking for a person, he said, "Why?" So the guy could say, "Who gives a blank?" And I said, "Well, yes, that's what would have happened." But as it turns out, I couldn't find anybody or a trash can. Uh, so then I, I realized at some point that I'm just a a man at eight o'clock in the morning walking the parking garage at MSP with half a milk Mick Ultra in my hand. <laughs> so I abandoned it. Um, I did find a trash can eventually. You uh. You mentioned, you know, Mick Ultra. That makes me think when I flew out to join you when I left Saturday morning, it was, my flight took off at 5-something, maybe 5.40. And um, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but, you know, people who drink earlier in the day on planes. And earlier in the day, 5 a.m.? Yes, early in, uh, in the morning. Yeah. 
And so, um, I mean, I, I like a drink at 8 a.m., but 5 a.m. earlier in the day. Well, but also, usually, if somebody's drinking at, you know, 6 a.m., 5 a.m., 5 something a.m., they're getting like a screwdriver or something with juice and alcohol or a Bloody Mary, something like that. So, this was close to 5 because our flight took off at 5.40, so we board the plane before, I guess, around 5. And, um, the guy next to me ordered a Miller Lite. That surprised me. I, I'm not surprised at all by um, morning drinkers or breakfast drinkers anymore, but it was a little bit surprising that he asked for a beer that time of day. Well, before 6 a.m., he has a light beer. And right. If, if and it's, after it 6, it's an it. IPA, yeah. What is that thing that, oh, mimosa. That's another thing that people have on airplanes. That I like mimosas. Have you ever had one? Below thirty-five thousand feet. <laughs> yes. Have you ever had one on the ground? Yes, I've had a. I've not, never not, had one well, on not on an plane. airplane. I've not had a mimosa on a plane. I've had a mimosa just like somewhere else at a brunch or something. They're yummy. I stand corrected. But I haven't had one on a plane that I remember. So you joined us three days later. I drove down a couple of hours from the cabin and picked you up at the airport in that rental van. You did. I think you were being uh, you were posing for for photos curbside at MSP with uh, some paparazzi. No, it was a very nice couple. I don't know if they were from Minneapolis or Hartford, but um, as is how things go these days, um, I'm sure one of them, their parents or grandparents, was a fan. <laughs> they were like in their twenties. Okay, so maybe they're. Uh, but this is this is like the story. I was actually having this conversation with um, one of our nieces when we were in Minnesota. And uh, when you flew out with the kids, th- did you have then a lengthy walk from your gate? Oh, always a lengthy walk. Always a lengthy yeah. walk. When I flew out by myself, um, landed 20 minutes early, and I got off the plane at gate C1. The closest gate. That's your travel. To the, not always, but sometimes. Closest gate to the terminal. Whenever I've landed at MSP from Hartford, it has been the farthest gate from arrivals in the airport. Yes. A mile long Almost always that's the case. It was interesting. So I was having this conversation with our, our one of our nieces, and she said her brother got offended um, because she had, she said to him that, you know, he's, he's a guy who has good luck. And I think he was offended by that thinking she meant, you know, it was luck that was the reason for, um, whatever successes he has instead of his hard work. And I was just trying to, so I then had a conversation with him about it. And I said, no, I said, I believe there is such a thing as having, just being a little bit luckier. And I gave the example of, you know, which gate we came into at the airport or some other things where it feels like sometimes I have better luck than you do. And he, and he said, well, it may be things you're not even taking into consideration. Like what time of day do you go to the grocery store versus when he goes? Is that why you have what you think is better luck or this, that, and the other? And um, I just said, no, I just think I'm luckier. <laughs> One thing I've learned in my however many years now is that um, – most of your success is a combination of of good luck and and good fortune, mixed in with a little bit of serendipity. You're saying you're in the big 
general picture of your your specific most to me. people okay no i agree i mean you can yeah. work Did you, you can say work hard work for, as part of that as no well? no i didn't include I, that at all i think that's part of it well i mean plenty of people work hard and right but i th- i i agree with you that some of it is luck and serendipity but i also think there's a chunk of it that's that's hard work and then on our return from Minnesota, we had a great time there. We always have a great. Always time have a great there. time there. Uh, the kids' inventory, their mosquito bites uh, on the way on the way home. Uh, I, th- I would say the top three this this year were um, toe knuckle. That was you, right? That was me. Mm-hmm. A horrible place for mosquito bite. Our son, lower lip. The middle of his lip. I was like, what is that? Because it was a white bump. And he said, and he's got nice full lips. He said, it's a mosquito bite. I'm like, oh my gosh, on his lip. And then uh, it didn't happen on this trip, but but when, in comparing notes, our brother-in-law, uh, eyelid. That's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, um, so we, we return the night of the 4th of July. We have to drive back down to the Twin Cities mm-hmm. and the entire way, the oh, entire spectacular. way, fireworks, yeah. the seamless display of fireworks from some like to end. clearly, you know, set off from people's homes, but many of them were the that town's firework display, and so we saw just display every, every, after every display. town was, you passed through was having oh, fireworks display, and it was a clear night. It was beautiful, and I kept saying to our kids, "Look, look, look," and they had no interest. No, these 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 buffoons would rather like look at it, whatever's it, on their phone you, and, and look up and see the spectacular nature and of yet, fireworks. The night before, we were out on the boat on a lake, and there were fireworks going off all over the place. And you were you were commenting how you have no interest in fireworks. No, I wasn't. Oh, that was the other. That, that was my me. brother. That was my brother. That was one maybe. of your brothers. That was I Tom. Think, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Like I I I have no interest in purchasing purchasing or setting off fireworks on my own, but I I find them beautiful when other people do them. So I mean, there was an incident at a Wendy's that that I think is better left uh, yeah, left we'll alone. Leave the Wendy's incident. Thirty two minutes in the Wendy's drive through, mm-hmm. and when we when we got to the window, there was a, cars behind us too. The, you could hear the car behind us when they finally got to the speaker, and the lady. Who, they also who, had been waiting had had 32 enough. minutes. And the lady, the, the lady had told us working at Wendy's that they'd had a bunch of no-shows that day. She'd been working She'd a 10-hour shift. And she was ready to shut it down, understandably. But the, the, the car behind us, who had also been waiting 32 minutes <laughs> through the speaker, they said, uh, the lady said, uh, oh, by the time you get to the window, we're going to be closed. <laughs> and that lady then uh, left left the parking lot. I they assume know. angrily it was hard to tell. Yeah, they, they need to have some kind of a sawhorse or a uh, traffic cone or something that, that, that I don't, I never, I don't, how does it work? I've never worked a, a fast food drive through When, when you're going to close and there are cars in line, does somebody go out there and have to place a cone in the, in the line and say, My you're done, guess, we're done? I don't know, maybe. But I think the thing that, that got, that exacerbated this was the Wendy's was supposed to be open until 11, say, but because they were understaffed and they'd already been working a 12-hour shift, they closed it early. So they closed it at 9 or 10 and, and, or whatever it was. And they liquidated all of their French fries and gave them to gave us, them which to was us. great. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, so we went to the airport hotel. We yeah. had a very early flight the next morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, got up the next morning. We had booked a shuttle um, to the airport. 
And we're staying next to the airport, but... Uh, oh, right, yeah. you remember what happened? I do. At the curb we there? We booked the 5.20 a.m. shuttle. We went outside, and there was another... There was a woman there standing there. six of us, there. so we have plenty of Yeah, six of, of us. But we only had two bags to yeah. check, so we didn't have a ton of luggage. A woman, and then a guy, a family, which was a man, his wife, two children, and what would you say... Six ginormous they, they, bags. They, they were they, they were they packed as if they were going on a on a six month overseas voyage. Or just the wife needs to change. And or maybe the husband w- needs w- to change. When I say overseas, I mean times a day on a ship. They had two smallish children, and because who have presumably smallish clothes, those two and six giant bags. So the guy pulls the van up, the the shuttle van. And puts their luggage in and just tells tells the rest of us, the woman in our family, will have to wait for me to come back around. Which was which was a, absurd. A deal breaker, of course. Yeah, so we just walked. But it was a quick walk. What was it five to seven well, it's minutes? Five, five to seven minutes to get into the rental car uh, and place. And then I'd done the same walk uh, three weeks earlier when I was in Minnesota for something else. And, and uh, the woman was clearly annoyed. I'd say she was in her 30s, but we w- started walking. I'm guessing she didn't know how close yeah, everything you, there, was. There are no signs. So she just followed us and um, ended up being on the same shuttle um, and stuff. Not shuttle, and train. But, uh, little train, train, yeah, the, yeah, little tram there. But um, And for, for people who uh, are going to be traveling this summer and maybe their children don't have uh, TSA pre, it was super easy to get our 12-year-old TSA pre. We made an appointment. It was like for the following week at a local Staples, went there, and like a few days later, she was TSA pre. I think it's, was it about $70 maybe? 75 it, bucks, I think. But it lasts three years. Um, it is a much, much shorter line at the airport. So um, for people who, who haven't done TSA pre, and I think you only need it for children who are, you might not even need it for 12-year-olds, but we've got gotten a little bit of issues in the past because our kids are so big. So we just got it for, um, and it lasts three years, and it's not that expensive, and it's you can you don't have to go to the airport to do it. It's a relatively easy process. Though we still travel with children quite a bit. It's been many years since we've been passengers any passengers traveling with small children. That's right, true, very, very I'm true. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but it has always bemused and confused me that the size of your children has something to do with when you're eligible to, to board. How about passengers traveling with young children? We, um... Also, we, I don't know if you remember when we were leaving uh, Hartford, when we arrived back home together, all, all, all of us together, and we were going down to the baggage carousel, I heard my favorite announcement... Uh, this will be your last and final boarding call. Yes. Your last and final boarding call. That annoys you because you, ma- you, ma- you mentioned it to me as we were walking. It is the the air travel equivalent of of the basketball announcer's second chance opportunity. Right. Second chance opportunity. Um, so we get home at 11 that morning. And then a few hours later, I did a load of laundry and a few hours later, I had to leave with our son and our youngest daughter joined to to drive five and a half hours to Mannheim, Pennsylvania, staying in Lancaster once again for a, for a four day basketball tournament. Did so. you see? Did you see a steamroller in Mannheim? A Mannheim steamroller? No. Do you have I any idea what I'm talking about? I do, sort of. I, I only sort of know what I'm talking about, but anyway. Is it a song? That's a band. 
Okay. Right? We, we, our, our youngest daughter was so happy, though, because we were there for four days. Our last day when we were leaving, got off the highway to go to a gas station to fill up the gas tank. She finally saw the coveted um, horse-drawn buggy with an Amish family um, riding in it. And so she had me take a picture to send to her friend um, and her friend's mom because that's what they had been hoping to see all week and finally got to see. Speaking of Amish family, our Amish made little free library yeah. kit arrived and, yes. and I'm going to put that bad boy up today if I can get final approval from the site manager you as to where to place it mm-hmm. and then we're going to have a little free library at our curb and um, well, is the plan to have we're going to stock it with, we're going to stock it with quality books day one day two I'm going to go there and find like a bag of dog poop and an empty and a half of milk ultra in it I'm sure um, but that's part of the uh, part of the excitement. And it's going to have both kids' books and adult books. I think so. Well, not adult books well, in, in the sense I mean. of adult books. You know what I mean? Because we're going to open an adult bookstore, little free library on our uh, in our yard. Yeah, I love that. And well, we could also do what they've done at the governor's at the Capitol building or the governor's mansion, whichever one. Which one did our kids get a tour of? Their they cousin toured the governor's office, governor's, uh, office. governor's mansion, a uh, governor's mansion. They toured the state capitol. And, uh, including the governor's offices in the state capitol, right? It, it must is. be. So one of the things, I don't know if it's in his office or somewhere in the state capitol, there's a library that is stocked only with a little, books. A little free library library, yeah. That's Oh, it's a little free library? I think it is. Oh, okay. I thought it was like an actual library that's stocked only with books that have been banned, which I thought was kind of an interesting... Um, yeah, which is almost every book at this point. But the, right. uh, the um, our nephew who's really into uh, studying statistics in college and and um, is really has a mind for that sort of stuff was telling me when I mentioned that we're getting a little free library he said oh you know the you know the de-evolution of the little free library you'll stock it with good books and then very quickly it, it devolves to like uh, you know paperback math textbooks religious pamphlets and he went through the whole litany of things, and he's kind of right. And it would be interesting to do a study of, like, you know, 5,000 little free libraries. And you would have to do some kind of controlling thing where you where you stock it with them all with, you know, relatively high-quality, mm-hmm. semi-recent vintage books. Although I love finding, like, old paperbacks, you know, airport kind of paperbacks in there. And see what they, you know, what they, what they kind of end up defaulting to. Uh, yeah. After after a month or so. Speaking of, you can of, easily take a picture every day of yeah. the, the contents. Little free libraries. The little free library in the center of the town where we where we went in Minnesota mm-hmm. had a copy of Stingray Afternoons in it. It did about five years ago. Same thing. It had a copy. It wasn't the same copy as far as I know, but it was a battered, much loved copy. I saw because we first liked to we walk there. into the, that town and we were going by the little free library, and you said, "Let's." Let's look and see what's yeah. in there. And Stingray was in right there the there. first day. Yep, and not the not like the, the third day wasn't. Yeah, it, so. the next day when we or two days later when we went by, it was not in there. By the way, Rebecca Mannheim Steamroller is the according to MannheimSteamroller.com mm-hmm. is the number one Christmas music artist of all times, selling over thirty selling over thirty one plus million albums. I think that uh, since nineteen eighty four, Mannheim Steamroller has traveled more than yada yada yada. So. Uh, so yeah, they're touring again this this Christmas. Mannheim Steamroller. It was interesting when we were um, at the AAU tournament with our son, 
And all of a sudden, somebody, I mean, there was tons, tons of teams there. There's like 32 or 33 courts, and every hour, each court is packed with two teams playing. All of a sudden, this woman goes by. She's like, Rebecca, it was my one of my teammates from UConn, Kim Better. Uh, I think it's Kim Thompson now, but it was Kim Better uh, then. And she she came over. She was there with her son. Anyway, a day or two later, we ended up playing um, against Kim's son's team. And it was just like, wow. It was a cool moment for somebody that I went to college with and played with, and now we're watching our sons playing against each other. Anyway, she took a picture after the game of the boys and then texted me and said, um, Rebecca, what's your handsome son's name again? It just slipped my mind. And uh, so I responded to her. I said, Thomas, the ugly one is Bill. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I said, just kidding. So, um, but that, that was our fifth that's our fifth child that you brought to the airport, I think, was the ugly son, Bill. Bill, yes. Yeah, well, um, I'm glad she. I'm glad it wasn't your, your husband. Um, so there were, you've run into, I mean, you've, you've encountered um, uh, other UConn classmates, alums, ran into Ray Allen at, at an AAU tournament last year. Yeah, last year. Last he was year. there with his boys, yeah. And... And Rudy Johnson, who was yes, coaching yes, with the, Ray. I think they coached together a team um, down in Florida. I think they both live down in the Miami area. Uh, but Ray's boys aren't, don't, he doesn't have one that same age as our son. So they, we've never played against him. I think I saw that his oldest son is going to play basketball at URI, I think. Um, I think I saw that as well. Which is pretty cool. So we, uh, we were having the conversation when we were out at the cabin with, with the family and, and how tipping has kind of gotten out of control a little bit or the solicitation of tips. And um, you had an interesting experience one night when you were paying the bill after we had been out to dinner um, where they asked if you wanted to. Oh, yeah, to I, was, uh, I was where we were in um, up north. It's the first time I'd seen it, but I don't get out much. We paid a, a dinner and, and bar tab. And um, the guy swung the iPad thing around to settle the bill, pay, tip. Would you like to tip 15%, 20%? The numbers keep escalating now. Yeah. You know? I think it goes up to like 35% now or something. And uh, so I did all that. And then, it, and then another screen came up and said, um, we don't share, tips are not shared with the, with the BOH, I guess, back of house staff. And uh, the cooks, et cetera, et cetera. Would you like to tip them twenty percent, thirty percent, whatever? And I, and I was thinking, uh, would it, would it, another screen come up and ask? You know, they don't share the tip. It, it seems to set off an endless. Um, who else don't they share the tips with? And are we supposed to I, give I, extra for those? I, people? Who do they share the tips with? I mean, right. and 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 I know I've read that some places don't don't share the tips with the with the staff. You know that it, it's going straight to the management, but I, I I would be so much happier if they would you would just tell them charge me, charge me whatever you want to charge me, you know. And then isn't that how they do it in some European countries well, where yes. there's no tipping? You just well, yeah. pay more so people get get yes. a better salary. I, I, but I'm happy to tip people too. But but then don't bifurcate your tips. Bifurcated tips, Rebecca, painful and also uh, confusing. <laughs> 
uh, just tell me, you know, give me the bill and allow me to tip. That's all I'm asking. So right before we get to viewer mail, and I'll check and see if we have anything that was sent in via our Twitter account. Are you on threads yet? Have you joined threads? Are you asking me? I'm asking you. Uh, I have not joined it, no. But I, I, I did download the app. Okay. It's easy to do if you have an Instagram account to just... But, but is, it, is, it, is there any reason to do it? I think only if for people... I think it's appealing to people who are kind of fed up with Twitter. Well, that's everybody. That's but, right. but, so. but But who aren't fed up with Zuckerberg and Facebook yeah, and Meta course. and all that's, that? That's I mean, the whole, that's the yeah. whole uh, lesser of two evils or greater of two evils, depending on how you look at it. But The evil um, of two lessers? Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I did the other day because I was doing a game in New York, and um, I think it was the first day that it was launched. And so... Holly Rowe and I both uh, got on it. I've only posted on it once because then you're in a position with, all right, am I posting on both Twitter and threads? Since, of course, you have more followers in whichever one you've been on longer. Um, but uh, the new, t- I, I mean, I don't need any more uh, time wasting things on my phone, but the new one that's I've only seen for two days, but it's getting a lot of attention now is called Immaculate Grid. And it's a, it's a, a grid with nine squares, and the the top has like uh, New York Yankees, Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, and 100 RBI seasons. And then the side will have like Chicago Cubs, Milwaukee Brewers, and you know Atlanta Braves or something. And then you so in the top grid, say it's overlaps with the Yankees and Brewers, you have to input the name of somebody who played for both teams, and then um, in the you know, in the, so it's it's like a game. It's a game, trivia and game. It's a trivia game, and it, and it you know, and at the end, it, you, the goal of, of course is to get all nine. Is it only baseball? Yeah, the goal is to get all nine grids filled correctly, but also you get you get extra points for kind of obscurity. So you know, if if it says uh, played for the Mets and Dodgers, okay, Mike Piazza is an obvious answer. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, obvious to you, but yes. Yeah. Well, it, obvious to baseball people. If you put in. Red Sox and Yankees, you know, Wade Boggs, Johnny Damon, the names that come up. But right. if you put in, you know, somebody more obscure, gotcha. you, you get, but anyway. I bet Mark Simon's on this thing every day. Well, baseball players are on it a lot now because, oh, I played with this guy at that team and, mm-hmm. and this guy at that team. So, um, but yeah, you know, between Wordle, Quirtle, the spelling bee, I need an crossword. immaculate grid for the WNBA. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure that. somebody is creating them for, for other that. sports now. And I think baseball reference bought it so now when you, you, know, you put in a name um it you know it tell it, it, it you can also click on that grid and it'll tell you the other 19 guys who played for both teams that sort of thing so anyway should we get to viewer mail yeah let's get to viewer mail big bad book throw our lure reel us in with your viewer mail okay our first viewer mail comes from um uh, Marty with a D, and uh, she's our resident Aussie rules football enthusiast. And she writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, whew, W-H-E-W, mm-hmm. which would be a great whew. radio station. Whew. It probably is a radio station somewhere, W-H-E-W. See, when I write it, I do. I think I do W-F-E-W, like phew. W-F-E-W? 
F E W. I mean P H E W. Maybe I never write it. P H E W. P H E W. Yes. Okay. W F E W. I don't know what I do. Go ahead. I mean New York has always had W N E W. W H E W. Right, Smarty. Right, Smarty. As I was listening to episode two fifty a couple of days ago, I teared up a few times. Anything I thought about writing seemed fairly trivial uh, in light of DGS's news. Nevertheless, I figured he wants us to uh, carry on with our best view, best uh, uh, for viewer mail. So here's a short list of some thoughts. One, as the resident Aussie rules football enthusiast, I feel I must inform you that the 250th episode of Ball and Chain coincided with Adelaide Crow's full forward Taylor Walker's 250th game in which he scored 10 goals and led the team to its greatest victory in years. So our 250th episode coincided with the 250th game uh, for Adelaide Crow's full forward Taylor Walker. This is crazy. If, you, if you're coming to our podcast for Formula One ep- updates and Aussie, Rules, Aussie football. Rules football, you've come to the right place. And our Formula One enthusiast and Aussie Rules football enthusiast are both in this in this, in email. this email. Everybody, yeah. of course, thinking of Dr. Spiegel and... Um, and I'm sure we'll get an F1 update from him because there was an F1 race since we've been off. B, so that was one. B, you mentioned in an earlier episode how idyllic it must have been to grow up where I did in Wyoming, about 70 miles south of Yellowstone Park. And indeed it was Dubois, possibly Dubois, D-U-B-O-I-S, Wyoming, population 900. And I trust Marty will uh, give us the proper pronunciation on that. I would say Dubois. But W-E-B Du Bois. So. Mm-hmm. Roman numeral three, we are praying for you here in Kansas. DGS, best wishes for a speedy recovery. In your honor, I did not proofread my email, which is excruciating for me as an English teacher. I mean, what a, what a tribute to DGS. That is. Not proofreading yes. your email. Yes. Signed, a member of the BNC podcast family, Marty. Thank you so much, Marty. And I know Dr. Siegel uh, has been appreciating all of the all of the love he's been receiving. Let's to our next one um so kurt with a k writes uh, dearest restiva i hope this isn't too stalkerish but some quick googling led me to an OBGYN in atlanta that shares a name with our favorite cleanup hitter the above and he encloses links here the above web, web page lists his hospital i found they have a foundation that accepts donations uh, dr gary doesn't strike me as someone who asks for help but i thought some folks might like to give something to his patients i'm assuming a lot i know no i think that's a wonderful gesture yeah um, at any rate, I made a small gift to the gyno-oncology department in, in his honor and the ball and chain gang. Well, that's what a, what a thoughtful gesture, Kurt. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, Pass this along to the other viewers as you see fit. Uh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll talk to Dr. Gary about that, but that's a really uh, thoughtful, thoughtful donation, Kurt. On a lighter note, the poem mentioned on the latest podcast reminded me of the brilliant Richard Armour, who wrote wonderful humorous books like Twisted Tales from Shakespeare. Also a poet, he gave us this gem, which I quote whenever possible. Are you ready, Rebecca? I'm ready. I'll do my best to read this, uh, do this justice. Shake and shake the catsup bottle. None will come, and then a lottle. <laughs> That's perfect. I mean, how great is that? Shake and shake. The cat's up bottle, none will come, and then a lottle. I've never heard that before. Neither had I. Uh, Kurt is our resident photon wrangler and, as if that weren't enough, Gilligan's Island expert. Thank you, Kurt. All right, our next viewer mail comes from Denise. Denise writes, uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve, the and is a red plus sign, the contraband plus sign. I love that, yeah. One, I joined the entire ball 
plus chain family and sending all my prayers and good healing thoughts to Dr. Gary Siegel. May his recovery be swift and complete. Because of you, Dr. Siegel, this is from Denise. Because of you, Dr. Siegel, I read the Formula One results whenever they appear in my local print newspaper because nothing can be more important than number one, Supra. I now eschew further enumeration to add. I mean, what another tribute. So we've got two tributes to Dr. Siegel in the, in the first two. Uh, Kurt, um, what did we, oh, oh, no, before Kurt, mm -hmm. didn't proofread her. Marty, Marty right? did not proofread her email in honor of Dr. Siegel. Mm -hmm. And Denise reads the F1 results as an homage in her print newspaper. Congratulations, writes Denise, on 250 marvelous episodes of the Ball and Chain podcast. You have given us all so many hours of laughter and bemusement. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. Thinking back, some of my favorite podcast stories with no criterion other than my own delight are the Paul McCartney concert at Dodger Stadium, a truly touching moment. I mean, what a what a phenomenal night that was mm -hmm. and memory. You weren't there, but... I had it, a phenomenal night yeah. of my own as our, right. I was with our younger two That's children. Right. They were in these just in 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 glory um hanging out with me in a hotel room and it was wonderful and made possible by paul mccartney yeah the steve the time steve nearly got arrested for taking a shower at rebecca's dad's house still <laughs> laughing about this one another just unbelievable i forgot about that moment i didn't i i, <laughs> I, I, I still think about it in the shower actually are, are, are the police coming for me when the family came down the staircase at the Smithsonian to find Rebecca in a glass cage staring back at you all. You can't make this stuff up. That's a good way of putting it. Rebecca in a glass cage staring back at us. Uh, that was that was uh, Title IX exhibit, right? That was either the Title IX exhibit or it could have been a Hispanic heritage exhibit. Yeah. I've, I've been part of both. Uh, of course, there are so many others and so many new things I have learned about in addition to the excitement and intrigue of Formula One and wondered about and wondered about crusts before or after that I feel part of a very special collection of folks who understand what those things mean. I encourage our viewers to share their own favorites. I think if, if there has been one uh, overriding lesson of this podcast, Rebecca, it, 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 if, if you just take one thing away from 250 episodes, it's, it's just, just balance your eggs, right? Yes. Balance you know, you, your you eggs. take out eggs, rearrange them so that they're balanced. Yes. And that could be a euphemism for a lot of things, but it also is just what it is. Yeah. Balance your eggs. Many thanks for all the laughs and the com and the companionship that I look forward to every week on my drive home from birding in Litchfield County. Looking forward to many more. Happy podcasting and happy summer. Your resident birder, Denise in Glastonbury. P.S. Steve, have you read The Fireballer by Mark Stevens? Just wondering what your take on it would be. I haven't read it, but I will. Um, if I do read it, I will, I will promise you to give you, give you my take whether you want it or not. Our next viewer mail comes from Myra. Myra is our completionist from up north, Duluth to be specific. Myra writes, one, it's Monday evening, which seems to be the appropriate BNC email time. So here goes. Please add me to the long list of those sending positive vibes to Dr. Gary Siegel. Since the podcast began 251 episodes and over five and a half years ago, has it been five and a half years? 17, yeah. My gosh. Wow, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, no. I'm reminded of how instrumental DGS is to the BNC format that we all enjoy so much. He's the original viewer mail contributor, which resulted in motivating those of us who are a bit shyer to do the same. He's also BNC's original resident expert, which inspires some of us who, unlike DGS, are not really experts at anything to claim to be experts at something. <laughs> was was Dr. Siegel our original? Probably. I mean, Denise says he was. It's, oh. it's, it's interesting because 
I'm sorry. If Myra says he was, yeah. then he is, yes. Or if Denise says he was, but this is Myra. Right. I mean, it's interesting, our range of expertise. You know, right. Dr. Siegel falls somewhere in the middle as an OBGYN. Right. Who we haven't heard from in a while is our um, is our resident uh, water park designer. Well, I mean, it's summer. Our resident water park designer is presumably busy designing, designing water parks. Although they probably get designed in the off-season, wouldn't you think? I would think. Maybe it's a year-round gig. Uh, I'm sure it's a year-round gig, but I, I would have to think summer is spent more uh, in the water park repair and maintenance Maybe. field. Two, your mention of Geritol commercials brought back a memory and proof that karma exists. Karma. See, we the, talked a little bit. Well, we called it luck, but I'm yeah, thinking of the, the, the song karma. karma by Taylor Swift. Oh, my gosh. And Ice Spice, which, I, which I hear 40 times a day. So karma is a cat purring in my lap. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, when we were driving to, to Pennsylvania, the five to six hours, we had XM Radio on and we had on Hits 1. And their playlist repeats every hour for the most part. Karma. I will never hear Karma by Taylor Swift without thinking of our drive to and from uh, Pennsylvania. That plus the Jonas Brothers Waffle House. And I, of course I could have changed the channel, but yeah. it then became a thing where our daughter who is in the backseat is like, they're playing it again. So anyway. Uh, Waffle House has its own hit song. Surely White Castle uh, can do the same. Um like Rebecca, several years ago, I needed to increase my iron intake, writes Myra. One of the healthcare providers told me this was fairly common among female athletes. Instead of being unhappy about needing a supplement, I replied, cool, I'm an athlete. This need for iron is proof of karma in the form of payback for a childhood spent making fun of Geritol. Well, of course, those commercials were on the air as a punchline uh, in Johnny Carson's monologue. It was synonymous with old people, right? Yeah. Being TV watchers, my friends and I couldn't, well, she, she says it. Being TV watchers, my friends and I couldn't avoid Geritol commercials. No such thing as a remote with a mute button. Our favorite was the one that started with a pathetic pre-Geritol woman who was too tired to get her housework done. And though clearly exhausted, she still managed to be dressed smartly in her practical yet stylish dress. Then the commercial concluded with the same woman, post-iron-rich Geritol, being a whirlwind of accomplishment and her husband saying, my wife, I think I'll keep her. <laughs> That's a real commercial. Of course it you is. You can find it on YouTube. My wife, I think I'll keep her. This was before Title IX or any discussions concerning equality, but we still knew how ridiculous it was, so we would run around the neighborhood dramatically saying, my wife, I think I'll keep her, and laughing hysterically. <laughs> oh, that's I great. Mean. Three, since I'm unable to resist sharing pop culture knowledge of a certain era, uh, the Ed, capital E, D, period you mentioned, but didn't know his last name is Ed Weinberger. And as soon as I got halfway through the sentence, Rebecca, I suddenly remembered it was Ed Weinberger. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. On the old Cosby show credits and stuff. Oh, yes. Ed yes, Weinberger. Ed period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were correct that he was a Cosby show creator and writer. He is also known as an Emmy Award winning writer for the Mary Tyler Moore Show and creator and writer of Taxi. Yes, of course, all of which I watched. And here's another fun fact that I know Steve will appreciate. Prior to his sitcom success, he was a joke writer for Johnny Carson's monologues on The Tonight Show. Well, that is just unbelievable. That's pretty phenomenal. All the best to you and all listeners, and especially DGS and family. Myra, completionist from up north, Duluth. Uh, thank you, Myra. Just uh, an incredible uh, array of hits in that, in that viewer mail. Our next uh, email is a short one. Uh, 
from Gloria, who writes, please send my sincere wishes for a complete and speedy recovery to the doctor and his family. Uh, through your podcast, I feel like I know him, his wife, kids, and grandkids. Uh, from Gloria. Gloria, thank you so much uh, uh, for keeping Dr. Siegel in your thoughts. Uh, he appreciates it, I know. And, and in fact, he's, he's batting clean. He'll bat clean up here as usual. He's, uh, he sent his usual report in... Um, it's in this queue. So we'll be hearing from Dr. Siegel at the end, as we always do. Uh, Rachel writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, it's been a long while since uh, I've last, last written. Life has been hectic with the end of the school year and summer adventures. I've been gone 25 nights this month. 25 nights, Rebecca, this month. That beats your holy cow. Your record of That's 24. That's a bunch. That's a lot of nights. DGS, sending all of my love, thoughts, prayers, and good vibes to DGS and his family. He is definitely the perfect cleanup hitter for the podcast. I'm probably closer to batting eighth or ninth in the lineup, writes Rachel. Now, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with batting eighth or ninth in the, in the lineup. You're, you're in the big leagues and you're playing a vital role. Exactly. Right? Before jumping into a few thoughts, I have two extra tickets to the WNBA All-Star Game and Skills Night, writes Rachel. If there are any listeners that may be interested in them, put them in touch with... Uh, me, the only downside is that they would have to sit by me during the game. Um, and this came in, I don't know when this came Rachel, in. Rachel, I'll be doing both the skills competition and the game. So if you have an opportunity to come down and say hello, I think the skills competition starts at one, which means we'll be sitting courtside by noon. Um, but I would love to say hello to you again. I, I, I don't want to belabor this, Rebecca. Yeah. Or even really get into it. But I'm, I'm having a routine annual well not annual but a routine thing done tomorrow that requires me to fast for the the day right 30 hours uh, before taking the the regimen of laxatives and uh uh so the only thing i'm allowed to eat is like lifesavers mm-hmm. and but i can have black coffee right and i took a sip of black coffee and said who 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 drinks this right and how would you acquire the taste well, I, during this podcast, I've acquired the taste. Well, you did put, you were allowed to put some, you put some uh, sweetener. vanilla. I put vanilla. Sugar-free Just vanilla a, a sweetener in Literally there. a spoonful of. But you're enjoying it? Or is that too uh, strong of a word? It's you're too strong of a word, but I'm, it's better than not having it, I'm finding. Mm. I think I might be used to it now. How did I get there? I don't know. But skills competition. Uh, Rachel at least had at the time of Rachel this writing. Rachel talking two, two about tickets. the skills competition yes. made you think about your procedure? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, so she has two extra tickets to both the skills competition and the all-star game. So if you, if you, if you could possibly use them, I guess just write to ball and chain pod at gmail. Yes. Dot com. Yes. We'll put and you in then touch we'll connect Rachel. the two of you. Life rolls on for all of us, but a few thoughts I've had from listening to the weekly podcast episodes. One, I, this is Rachel in Idaho. I caught the last quarter of your daughter's state championship game on the NFHS network. Sure do love a good high school game. And that was an awesome finish. Uh, my favorite part was when they panned to a proud Rebecca cheering on her daughter. Uh, uh, do we have a copy of that game? No. We have highlights, but we don't have a copy. Uh, we'll have to figure out a way to get, to get one. It, there's, it's still got to be. It still has to exist. Two, Yellowstone. We live about two and a half hours south of Yellowstone National Park and love taking weekend trips there. I highly recommend a trip to visit. It is absolutely beautiful. As recently, Rebecca, as last night, we were looking at the logistics of getting to Yellowstone. We were. It's not going to happen this summer, but uh, but maybe next summer. Maybe. Three, Vanity Fair napkins. Those are what we call our Thanksgiving napkins because that is the only time we ever buy them. 
vanity fair napkins. Those are the high quality yes. napkins. Now the low quality napkins, I uh, I had 15 minutes to kill in the car yesterday waiting for uh, our daughter from a basketball workout and uh, I opened the glove box. There was a number two pencil and a McDonald's napkin and, and I sketched uh, a portrait of you with a number two pencil on a McDonald's napkin. And I thought it turned out pretty well. It and is. I know you're, as somebody who's received a lot of fan art over the years, it may not be uh, quite it up to <laughs> your standards, but. It did turn out well. Um, napkins makes me think when we got to Pennsylvania, one of the moms um, who listens to the podcast of, one of the moms of one of our son's teammates, and she listens to the podcast, uh, told me, she's like, when we, we stopped at a Chick-fil-A on the way and I restocked our supply of napkins because Chick-fil-A has decent napkins. Anyway. Chick-fil-A does have decent napkins. Decent. Yeah. Uh, I hope all is well with all the Ball and Chain listeners out there. May you and your families be safe, healthy, and happy. And uh, all my best, Rachel in Idaho. Thank you, Rachel. And Rachel, uh, in, cl- in closes, has attached some pictures of her recent travels with a BNC. Oh, cool. Send those to me. Coaster. I'll post them on, our, uh, on Instagram, and, Ball and uh, Chain Pod. In Natural Beauty and some pictures from uh, from uh, the state championship basketball game. And there you are clapping, Rebecca, while I'm gazing into the uh, depths of my phone, I think. Yeah, definitely forward those to me. I can post them. Okay. Uh, let me save that as unread. I'm just uh, got a couple more here. Uh, Becky writes, "Hey, Restiva, finally got my jersey. So Becky sent you a Liberty jersey to sign. Do you remember this? And you signed it. Yes. Yeah. And this is fantastic. Hey, Restiva, finally got my jersey framed. Thought I'd share the final product. I can't thank Rebecca enough for signing my jersey and the sweet note." And here is, uh, I mean, this is incredible. Look at this frame, Rebecca. How cool is that? Oh, that's amazing. And I love that we can see her reflection in the mirror, too. So I get a glimpse of... Oh, in the glass of the... In the glass of the framed thing. Oh, that's so awesome. And, it's, and it's, it's, it is its own certificate of authenticity because you sent the note with it. Yes. Oh, so cool, Becky. Awesome. Thank you for sending And that. there's a little metal nameplate on that frame, and, and I want to get one of those uh, for our little free library uh, because I'm going to name it. Our penultimate email, Rebecca, comes from a Tim in Jefferson City, our resident bracketologist. Tim writes, Good afternoon, Rebecca and Steve from Jefferson City. I've recently been enjoying Steve's book, The Caddy Was a Reindeer, and wanted to pass along my thanks to Steve as I have caught myself chuckling out loud several times at your stories, descriptions, and wordplay. Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. I was also pleasantly surprised when I came across one particular chapter titled My Big Fat Sports Wedding, which I thought could almost be considered the Ball and Chain podcast origin story. In that chapter, Steve recaps the story of the first time the two of you met, which you have previously talked about on the podcast, but also offers some additional details of your relationship leading up to your marriage, including the things Steve imagined you had had in common among them. I ate Frosted Flakes right out of the box, and she was on boxes of Frosted Flakes. I was touched. By the way, Rebecca, Mm -hmm. there's all this fanfare about, you know, Barbie with this Barbie movie movie coming out. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know you being on you being on the the Barbie WNBA Barbie box as well. Um, we still have a few of those, don't we? We do. Floating yeah. about. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering. 
I was touched by the story of the 10-year-old girl uh, who hugged Rebecca outside Madison Square Garden and later approached to offer her a rose, leading to a friendship with a young girl who was a guest at your wedding six years later. Rebecca, I wondered if you still keep in touch with her after all these years. Uh, the girl in question is, of course, Natalia. Natalia. I do and keep in touch with her, mostly by um, I follow her on Instagram. But, but the 10-year-old girl. Yeah. She's not a 10-year-old. I mean, it's no, incredible. she's not a mother. Yes. I think her son is in high school. He's a football incredible. player. And, um, and she has her own business. Um, if you want to follow her, um, it's redlip underscore creations underscore LLC. But she makes um, custom stuff. And uh, one year for Christmas, I had her make a pair of Harry Styles socks for one of our daughters, who's a big Harry Styles fan. And um, But for those, anyway. who, those who don't know, she was a 10-year-old girl who had your rose outside of Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I met her outside of Madison Square Garden just because she she was a basketball fan. And um, and she... From the Bronx? From the Bronx. And, uh, and when I was injured, um, she would come into the locker room, and when I needed my hair braided, she would braid... Or uh, put elastics in my hair. She would like a hairstyle that would last for a week or two. She would do that for me. And um, anyway, came to our wedding and is now a grown mom. She did your hairstyle and she did the Harry Styles socks. And the Harry Styles socks. So yeah, uh, encourage you follow her on Instagram, Red Lip Creations. You'll kind of see what she's up to these days. Well, from uh, Harry Styles to Gary Styles, Dr. Gary Siegel, uh, yet another nickname for him. Gary Styles. DGS. Mm-hmm. Uh, the double O-B-G-Y-N and uh, Gary Styles. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Dr. Siegel, it is 11 p.m. Monday night and podcast 251, embarrassingly all about me, has been tremendously uplifting beyond description. A collection of people, most of whom have never met directly, have formed such a supportive community that has surrounded me with prayers and love. Never did I, never did I intend to make my news the focal point of the podcast, but I am immensely thankful for all who have written notes, and I'm surrounded by prayers and good thoughts. Ted from the Lower East Side, thanks for the, I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, mispronounce this, the Me Shibarak. Lots of ways to spell this in English, writes Dr. Siegel. Uh, as, as I've been the recipient of several from friends and family. So thanks, Michael, Barb, Bob the Bomb, Diggity, Ralph, Matt, uh, Dr. George in Columbus, and Ed, period. And hopefully I've got not forgotten anyone. Well, you've got a lot more, Dr. Siegel, um, but don't feel the, the need to enumerate them personally. But um, I think it, plus a lot more who, who aren't writing in, I know. And, and in fact, people that I've – we were at a basketball game basketball two, game days, two ago. days ago. And – the person sitting next to me said, how's Dr. Siegel doing? Um, in Minnesota, I was asked the same question. So um, I've been texted with the same question. So um, lots of people, Dr. Siegel, are, are thinking of you. Time for a short list, writes uh, Gary, as up, to, as up tomorrow at 0600. He's got about 0600. Hmm. One, the doctor's lounges where we eat can vary from hospital to hospital. Now, I think this came up on the podcast. Yeah, it did. Yes, he's answering a question. At one private hospital in Birmingham, it is quite upscale, but there, but, uh, but most places it's most places it's just a private cafeteria space where doctors and advanced practice practitioners can eat, schmooze, and complain about life. 
uh, there's an asterisk on advanced practice practitioners. Advanced practice practitioners, writes Dr. Siegel, include, but likely is not limited to, nurse practitioners, physician's assistants, and nurse midwives. Got that, Rebecca? I got it. I'm going to quiz you later. Um, two, we've spoken about trains in the Richard B. Russell National School Lunch Act. There's a link. The old downtown Atlanta train station, Terminal Station, made way for the Richard B. Russell Federal Building. Terminal Station sounds like a redundancy. Hmm. I, perhaps I'm wrong. You know, when I was dropping off our daughter this summer at Union Station in Springfield for a bus to Boston. Mm-hmm. And I've also dropped her off many times at Union Station in Hartford to take the train to New Haven, where it is also Union Station. Mm-hmm. Down to Washington, which is Union Station. New York is Penn Station. Newark is Penn Station. I, and What's I, Philadelphia? I had never given, well, 30th Street Station, but I've never given any thought as to why everything is Union Station or Penn Station. It seems very confusing. Because it unites stuff, maybe? No, because Trains? the Union Pacific Railroad, they, they were named for the for the railroads that that uh, were their sort of hubs and stuff. And, I mean, Richard Russell s- Station sounds like a much, ri- oh, it made way for the Richard Russell Federal Building and the Richard Russell National School Lunch Act is named for that same Richard Russell. But, but yeah, these generic train station names are, are confusing. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, uh, or unfortunately, the age of train travel has passed for most of our listeners, but here in the Northeast, it's still a... Still Could a, be in their future. Yeah. They're commuting to so. New York or something. Three, pictured here is the home Costco hot dog assembly line adapted by my father, Louis Siegel, from Henry Ford for easy freezing, thawing, and cooking. Note, evil plastic wrap nearby with a keen guillotine cutting mechanism. And there is indeed a... Uh, a uh, Dr. Siegel's got his own kitchen... Uh, Costco hot dog. What would you say? Uh, assembly. Assembly. Assembly station. Yeah, he said it. Four Tuesday doctors, 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 and Wednesday outpatient. Tuesday doctors, 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 and Wednesday outpatient rehab. As I'm still not firing with all eight cylinders tonight. Working on the checkbook was not so easy. So Tuesday he sees doctors. Wednesday he has uh, outpatient rehab. Outpatient rehab. Because okay. I'm still not firing with all eight cylinders. I think that's an F one. Uh, I think so. Because uh, some of us are trying to do our best with six cylinders, right? Is mm-hmm. there? Yes. Tonight working on the checkbook was not easy. Working on the checkbook is never easy. That's why. That's why I have Rebecca do it, and why, why whenever she balances the checkbook or writes the checks, I say. My wife. <laughs> I think I'll keep her. I think her. I'll keep her. <laughs> Five, also pictured when recently at Publix with Mrs. DGS, a photo of White Castle sliders, and she just shook her head and wouldn't discuss the purchase. <laughs> All the best, Gary, proofing per the speech therapist's admonitions. And there is indeed a picture of, of uh, the White Castles in the freezer section at, at uh, what is it, Kroger's Publix. I forget Dr. Siegel's... Uh, at Publix with Mrs. DGS, and uh, just above them, though, just above them are, uh, I don't think he purchased these, but Bagel Bites, another staple of the um, Russian household when, when you're on the road. That's right. Also, microwave in its own silver microwave uh, tray. Well, I hope Dr. Siegel can convert Mrs. DGS. I think once he's once he nukes them and she smells the, the steamy, 
of the White Castle. Vapors coming out of the microwave? Uh, no, she, he's she not, may he's not, not going to convert able her. to resist the allure. I don't like the smell when you guys make White Castles. I think they smell pretty gross. They taste better than they smell. Well, that's all we have for this week, but it's great to hear from Dr. Siegel. Great to hear from Dr. Siegel, yes. And uh, and thanks to everybody else. Yep. And the plan, we should be back on our weekly routine, at least for... More or less. More or less right? for the near future. Okay, well... We had our we had our nice little vacation, now we're back. Yeah. For producer Denny Gallagher. And all of our ball and chain listeners, especially those who are writing in to viewer mail, we appreciate you and thank you. Appreciate your well wishes to Dr. Siegel. Um, and on that note, Tom DeCari, play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet Live in this cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest It's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.